We turn now to the Gospel of Mark, a familiar story, indeed, a familiar couple of stories, as you may uh, know about the Gospel of Mark. Mark likes to to sandwich stories together, and here's a, a good sandwich for us. Listen for God's Word, beginning in the 21st verse of the 5th chapter of Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the elders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And so he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping, and they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with them and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the child got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement, and he strictly ordered them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord. Another week in the preaching series about women we encounter in the biblical text. This week, three women, all three integral to the story. As you may have heard, none given a name. This morning, I want to look at these three uh, women, reflect on the place of silence in the story, and then, then take a moment to look at what Jesus is doing. The woman with the hemorrhage, 12 years of suffering, 144 months, 4,383 straight days, living with and suffering from a flow of blood. In truth, she suffered from more than just a flow of blood. She has suffered as an outcast from society. Her medical condition marked her unclean as if she had a do not 
touch sign hanging around her neck for all to see. She's tried to find help. I bet she has seen all the doctors or anyone else from the ones with the best reputations to the quacks and tried all sorts of wild theories, anyone, anything that might heal her. She's also spent all of her money dealing with her problem and for all that she has gone from bad to worse. We're not told if she is a woman of faith, but she desperately seeks out the one in whom she can place her hopes for healing. Jairus' daughter, no name given, only identified as the daughter of her father. She is connected to the woman with the hemorrhaging by the number 12. A subtle connection perhaps, but the woman had been bleeding for 12 years. The young woman was 12 years old. Also connected by the word daughter, Jesus calls the woman with the hemorrhage daughter. And we're told that the young girl is Jairus' daughter. They share the number 12, the reference as daughter, and the dire need of help. We do not know much about her faith life, but we might assume she has the beginnings of faith. She's the child of one of the leaders of the synagogue, so presumably she'd been around the synagogue through the years. Third woman, Jairus's wife, or the mother of the child, as she is called in the story. The mother who is given no name or words in the story. Jairus is given voice. He gets to act. He gets to go find Jesus. He gets to beg on his daughter's behalf, but not the mother. She stays at home. Nothing to do but comfort and watch as her daughter slips away to death. We do not know the state of her faith, but we can imagine. Imagine the desperate faith of a parent praying for God to somehow intervene on her daughter's behalf. Three women. No names, few words, in desperate need. We also notice perhaps the silence in the story. Even in the story of the woman with the hemorrhaging, there's lots of people, presumably a loud crowd pressing against Jesus. But notice the woman. She does not speak before she is healed. Well, she doesn't speak out loud. She speaks to herself. Maybe I should give this a shot. But no words to others as she silently approaches Jesus. Maybe she is too scared to verbalize her hopes. Maybe she has been disappointed so many times she dares not utter words of hope. But the woman needs no conversation. She needs no powerful words from Jesus. She just needs to touch the cloak Jesus wears with the hope and expectation that he will heal her. 
It's not as if she cannot speak. When Jesus asked who touched him, she readily speaks up to acknowledge, I'm the one. With fear and trembling, she falls at his knees and said, I touched you. But her faith lived out by the extending of her arm to touch him, to touch his clothes. Is made in silence. And the daughter? We never hear from her either in the story. Admittedly, she is sick and near death or even dead for much of the story, so we wouldn't expect to hear from her. The mother, no words from her either. Maybe there are no words to express the anguish she feels as she waits for a miracle that never comes as her daughter dies before her eyes. I suspect tears flowed even as the words went unspoken. Even Jairus becomes silent in an unexpected way. He speaks to Jesus, won't you come heal my daughter? Jesus gets up and moves in that direction and then... And it's interrupted by this woman who has her own need and Jesus' attention to her. And Jairus says not a word. Can you imagine being the father who wants Jesus to act now to save your daughter but then waiting as Jesus deals with someone else? I would expect a desperate plea. Hey, come on, hurry up. Let's get a move on. My daughter's waiting. But instead, as the story tells it, he silently waits into the silence Jesus speaks first to the woman your faith has made you well words of hope and promise words that follow Jesus decisive action Jesus speaks in dramatic fashion to the daughter Talitha Kumi, little girl, get up. Jesus' words interrupting the arrival of death to bring new life. Reminiscent of God looking out over the unordered chaos before creation and saying, let there be light to order creation and call into being all the possibilities for new life. This story establishes without a doubt where we are to turn when we are in need, where we go in the silence of our doubts and fears. The story tells us turn to Jesus, the Son of God, the one who speaks and acts in ways we can only imagine and hope for in our own lives. The women do not need to speak in the story because Jesus speaks to them and for them to save them. In Christ we discover the amazing possibilities God offers to us. The woman with a hemorrhage has no future, no hope. She's exhausted all possibilities except one. 
Jesus, who acts to give new life. Jairus' 12-year-old daughter, in our context we read it and think, oh, a, a young girl, it's very sad to think about her dying, but, but imagine in Jesus' time when a 12-year-old is on the brink of womanhood, she's getting close to marrying age, all the potential of her life is before her. She's about to step into that. Except it's cut off by her illness. Until, until Jesus heals her, resuscitates her, brings her back to life. And of course, in bringing her back to life, Jesus foreshadows his own resurrection. Jairus' wife, the woman who like every other parent we know imagines the greatest of possibilities for her daughter, but no longer sees the future as she watches her daughter lying in front of her. Notice that, that Jesus invites the mother along with the father and, and the few disciples with him into the bedroom to see him work his miracle. The ones who laughed at Jesus, the ones who spoke words of, of unbelief, they're, they're outside. But she's invited in to discover in Jesus the new life and future possibilities that only can be offered to her daughter by the one who stands in front of her, the Son of God. Jesus offers you new possibilities. Frederick Beekner, in writing about this story, writes this, Little girl, old girl, old boy, old boys and girls with high blood pressure and arthritis and young boys and girls with tattoos and body piercing. You who believe and you who sometimes believe and sometimes don't believe much of anything and you who would give almost anything to believe if only you could. You happy ones and you who can hardly remember what it was like once to be happy. You who, you who know where you're going and how to get there and you who much of the time aren't sure you're getting anywhere. Get up, he says, all of you, all of you. And the power that is in him is the power to give life, not just to the dead like the child, but to those who are only partly alive, which is to say people like you and me who much of the time live with our lives closed to the wild beauty and miracle of things, including the wild beauty and miracle of every day we live and even of ourselves. Who has the power to heal? Who can give us words of hope in the face of death? Who can command the dead to rise? Only Jesus, the one who desires to be a part of your life. Amen.